Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Thank you that you are God, that you are high and lifted up. God, there is none like you in all the earth, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. And thank you for coming to life again. Thank you for giving us your life, God, your salvation. We glorify you in this place today and we magnify you. Oh, Father, move, God, in your people right now, God. God, touch your people, God, right now. Lord, minister to them, God, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we love you. We praise you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Jesus, we thank you on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you. We thank you for resurrection life, resurrection power. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. We want to release the teenagers, junior high, high school. If you're here at junior high, high school, you can go out. Alex is waving his hands. Amen. We just want to take a moment right now and welcome everybody that's here. If you're joining us on this Resurrection Sunday, we are so glad that you are. If you're joining us online, we are glad that you're joining us online today. We know God's got something powerful for you. Amen. Well, I tell you, I just love that song. The first time I heard it, I was just blown away. Um, I, I, I think about, because, you know, when I, was, when I was a kid, when I was probably about, um, oh, I would say 10 or 11 years old, my dad and I built a telescope. My dad was a science teacher, and so that seemed appropriate at the time, and we built this telescope, and we had this, this gentleman that was the, the um, 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 academic counselor at the school my dad worked at. He had built, in a, uh, built a really big telescope, and so he knew all about him, so he helped us do it, and, and on this telescope, we put a camera on it, and we had a the mount and all this, and so we were able to take pictures of the moon and Mars and Jupiter and Saturn, saw the rings of Saturn and, you know, all kinds of different things we were able to do. And, and um, I just remember uh, just in those days as a kid, just standing in awe of that. And then I remember I would lay down at night and I would just think about the immensity of the universe that we live in, the galaxy, the stars, the planets, just the, 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 the infant, you know, it's, in, it's infinite, you know, there's, we never know where the end is. And, and, and then just thinking that the Bible says that God measures the universe in the palm of his hand. And just thinking that the Bible says in, the Bible says in Psalms 33, it says, by the, words of his, by the words of his mouth, he formed the stars and the heavens. And just to think how big our God is, when we understand the power that exists in known creation, and then to think that he spoke that into existence, you know, just with a word, a whisper. And it it literally, in that verse in Psalms 33, it actually says, and with the breath of his mouth, he caused them to form. Just a breath. One breath of God. Oh, my God. It's just amazing. And then when you think about the fact that he breathed into man, see, I'm on a whole nother sermon right now. And uh, we'll, get, we'll get to where we're going here in a minute. 
that he, he breathed into man. And you think that, that, that the stars, the, the, the planets, everything, all the galaxies, all of that was formed by the words of his mouth and by the breath of his mouth. He put that into existence. And then we, we see what, what we are because God breathed into us. We are in, in, in our flesh is a container, if you will, of the greatness of God. I don't, I, this, this is, this is kind of coming fresh off the, off the throne right at the moment. So when you think about the fact that we carry this greatness, we, in us lives the living God. The, in our hearts, in, our, in, in us, we, we hold the living God, the God that spoke everything into existence. That just blows my mind. And when I hear a song like that, and it's using words like billions and billion, you know, all of that, it's just, you know, we have no way of fathoming the, the depth and the, 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 the length and the width and the height of God. Although the Bible does tell us that we can understand it because we have the mind of Christ. It's such a wonderful thought. And it just brings us into that place. It, I don't know about you, but it brings me into that place where God just takes on a personal place for me. He, he takes on this, he just how big he is and how real he is. And it just is awesome. Can you say amen to that? Well, if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 24. And we'll get to our text here in a minute. And how many know that there are, in life, there are many days that we celebrate? Amen. We like celebrating. How many like celebrating? I don't know about you, but I like celebrating. I was telling the 830 service that, you know, I always like, I always like it when I get a check in the mail. Does anybody like getting a check in the mail? You know, and have you, ever, have you ever had this happen? Have you ever had, you know, some company, maybe it was a little refund here or there, but they send you a check like for 67 cents? I've had checks like that. I, it's, it's like, you know, it's probably cost them more for the envelope, the postage, and the processing than what, it's, it's like, hey, go ahead, keep the change. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, when I get those kind of checks in the mail, I get excited. You say, you get, yeah, I know it's money. It's coming my way. Hallelujah. I, 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 I call that a blessing. Thank God. Amen. And I get excited. I, ever since I was really little, I've always liked going to the mailbox. And the reason why is because I always felt like there could, my, you know, my, my ship might be in that mailbox. It, that, that one thing that's going to change my life forever could be in that. And, and now I either get bills or junk mail. But you know what? The reality is I still love going to the mailbox because I like celebrating what's in there. Amen. I, the hope of, of something, you know, the great great, great, great lost uncle that was a, a millionaire. And then here's the notice. You, you're summons to this lawyer to, he's going to read the will. And somehow, the, you know, I have fantasies. I, I know it's, it's, it's a little strange. But you know what? We love to celebrate days. And there are many days that we celebrate in this life, aren't there? But there is none as significant as this day, Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Day. See, as human beings, we are emotional. We are moved by the nostalgia of the past. Can you say amen? And we look back at the grand days of our life with a fondness, with a fond affection. We celebrate the days of significance with passion, days like our birthday, 
days, you know, I was telling the first service, my wife, she doesn't have a birthday anymore. She has usually a birthday week. Sometimes it's been stretched into a birthday month. It's like, it's January, so January 1 to the 31st, that's her month. And so we're celebrating her birthday on that month. And so every day there's something that goes on. But we love to celebrate anniversaries and graduations. We, we even celebrate the day we got saved. Can you say amen? And even the days of loss and hardship, we remember with a kind of respect and awe understanding the value of what we lost or the depth of the trouble that we survived. And these days, what they are is they are landmarks that detail the roadmap of who we are in this life, don't they? They, they, They're days that we love remembering, and there are days that we wish we could forget. Whether they are good or bad, they are, in fact, significant moments in our lives. And They are truly great days because those days really do define our life, and life is full of them. But the greatest, the greatest of all days in your life was not the day you were born. The greatest day in your life was not the day you got saved. The greatest day in your life was not your wedding day or the birth of your children Nor was the greatest day in our lives the day of creation. It was not the day when God spoke those supernatural words, light be and light was. Wasn't that day. The greatest day in all of our life wasn't the day that God formed man and breathed breath into him. Nor was it even the day that Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Listen, the greatest day in our life was the day that he laid down his life and he died for our sins and then rose again. Can you say amen? The greatest day of our life is the day he resurrected with power, overcoming death, hell, and the grave. And you say, why is that? Because this day makes every other day worth it. Can you say amen? It makes every other day count. It's this day that rests between the eternal past and the eternal future that depends, all of life depends on this day, the day of resurrection. This is the day that split time in half. Can you say amen? Every day before the resurrection led up to it, God working out every detail that displayed his power. And every day after emanating from it, God confirming over and over again his love and his grace in our lives. And listen, because he lives, you and I can live. Can you say amen? amen. Because he, de- he conquered death, hell, and the grave, you and I can conquer death, hell, and the grave. Because he overcame the enemy, we can overcome the enemy. Because he paid in his blood for my sins and your sins, we can now be free from the power and the grip of sin. Think about it for a moment. Think about all that was accomplished because of Jesus and his shedding of his blood. Think about this. Redemption 
by the blood of Jesus. Think about redemption. You know what redemption is? It's when you find something that is broken down. You find something that's been wasted. You find something that no longer has its original value. It no longer has its, its usefulness. It's found, but then it is restored and redeemed. It's bought back. Can you say amen? That's what he did. He went out and he found us and he redeemed us and he restored us and he gave us our life back. Can you say amen? By the blood of Jesus, we are reconciled through the blood. We, we owed a debt we could not pay, the old song says. Can you say amen? And now, because of the blood of Jesus, we are standing right before God. We are cleansed through the blood of Jesus. Every sin washed away as if it never happened. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are sanctified through the blood. What does that mean? It means I'm set apart. It means I'm purified. I'm made holy and I'm empowered to stay that way. Are you hearing me? Because of the blood. We now have union with God through the blood, access to his throne 24-7, anytime I want. I can boldly, confidently go before the throne of God anytime I wish because of the blood. I have victory over Satan because of the blood. I am right now more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? And I have life through the blood. I have eternal life and all that comes with it because of the blood. But because of the resurrection, it makes it eternal. It is now mine forever. He gave it to me and he gave it to you. Can you say amen? Because he died and rose again because of that supernatural display, he changed everything. But I want to take a moment, if we can, just a little bit of time, and I want to look at that day, the day Jesus rose. Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. It says, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Now think about that for a moment. What a day that had to be. What a moment that had to have been. By this point in the, in the story, the shock of the events of Jesus' crucifixion are beginning to turn into a fog of communicate or a, co- a fog of confusion. Think about it for a moment. I can only imagine that what the disciples are thinking and what they're going through. Have you ever had something in your life that you planned 
You planned it out. You knew this is what you were going to do. This is what you wanted to do. Whatever it was, whether it was selling a home or, or you're planning on having a child or you're planning on getting married. I mean, some life-changing event and you knew this is what it was going to be. And you knew this is, this is going to change everything. But then all of a sudden, it all blows up in your face. And you're thinking, now what? Now what do I do? Oh, dear God, how am I going to handle this? What, what's going to happen? I mean, this is exactly where the disciples were. I mean, they're at a point where they had given their lives to Jesus. I mean, they had bought hook, line, and sinker, everything Jesus was saying. They received him, and they, they were convinced. I mean, I, I, I mean they're, 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 they're standing in places of defense for him. I, I mean, it was Peter that drew the sword, and, and he cut the, 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 the centurion's ear off, defending Jesus. Jesus had to go calm down, Peter, and picked up the ear. You would think that when he picked up the ear and it was healed, everybody would have backed up and said, maybe we ought to think about this. I, I, you know, if, if that happens, I'm probably thinking about my, my demeanor towards you if you do that. You know what I'm saying? What else could you do? But anyway, I mean, that's going on in their mind. They're thinking, and see, and these guys at this point, they're believing that God is about to bring the kingdom and that the Roman government is going to be completely overthrown. And Jesus is going to set up shop and it's going to be great and they're going to sit on thrones and they're going to rule and reign with him. They have a plan in their head. But you know what? The plan went sideways, didn't it? Jesus is killed. And now what? We gave up businesses. I walked away from my business. I walked away from my future. Little did I know I was cutting ties with everything that had any value in my life for you. And you die? That's not in the plan, Jesus. Can you imagine what they're going through? You know, on our side of things, we look back at it and go, oh, it was nothing. No, it was something. It was real. And they're struggling. And the, these days are turning into confusing days. And they're trying to make sense out of this. And, you know, one minute they're riding high on victory. They're, they're seeing people healed and blind eyes open. Deaf ears are being opened. Thousands of people are being fed with little to nothing. But now it all seems too unreal. You know, I think that's part of the problem with Christianity is oftentimes Christianity in theory is great, but in practicality it's unreal. Come on. I love studying the Bible. I love learning about, I love digging in and finding the nuances of the Bible and the words and, and all of that and connecting the dots and seeing the revelation. But you know what? It's in those moments of struggle when that has to become real, where now I have to believe what he said. You know what? He told them what was going to happen. He told them, he goes, look, guys, I'm going to Jerusalem, and there's going to be a bunch of mean guys that get me, and they're going to beat me up, and they're going to crucify me, and I'm going to die. They're going to kill me like dead, and you're going to bury me. But don't worry, in three days, I'm going to rise up again. And that was, you know, at the time, it was like, yes, yes, until you're at day one and a half. See when, see, when God comes to you and says, look it, I am going to blow your mind. I'm going to pay your bills. I'm going to heal your body. I'm going to do this. But there's going to be a season where it's going to get a little bit tight. We go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I just got a great word. Well, hang on. 
Jesus' little while is not like our little whiles. He said, a little while, I'll be back. A couple thousand years ago. We're still waiting on the little while. (laughs) Is that too real? And sometimes what happens is we struggle. But notice, notice what's happening here. They're going through real life, and these doubts and these feelings are starting to take over. But just at the right moment, something changes. Here's the disciples. They're huddled in a... I can, I can see them. They're, it's like they're in a meeting. They're in a dark little room in somebody's house, you know, in the den. They're all sitting around, and they're all just kind of... they got an attitude. And all of a sudden, the door flies open. And it's Mary Magdalene. She goes, you guys, you, got, you aren't going to believe it. And she was right. <laughs> Luke chapter 24, verses 9 through 12. Then they returned from the tomb, and they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, the mother of, G- of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. <clears throat> and their words seemed like idle tales. There is a whole sermon series in that phrase. And their words seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. This is the problem, church, so often we read the Word of God and we love it and we acknowledge it, but we just simply don't believe it. I did not say that Jesus is a healer. He said he was a healer. I did not say he was a provider, he said. In fact, he named himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, your healer. He said, I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, your provider. I didn't say those things, he did. His word declares his healing power, his provision, his protection, his abundance. But church, so often times when we read it, we love it as if it were a good story, but it seems like idle tales and we don't believe it. But Jesus had told them. In fact, the angels said to them, remember how he talked to you. Remember what he said. I don't know if there is a greater style of therapy for our lives than to remember what Jesus has already said. So much counseling, so much uh, self-help, so much struggle, so much trying to figure it out, and really what we need to do is remember what Jesus said. We need to remember what he said. Jesus said, they're going to crucify me. They're going to take me out. They're going, to, they're going to hurt me. They're going to do this. I'm going to die. But he said, don't worry, because I am going to rise again. I am going to rise up in victory. I'm going to rise up in resurrection power. And I declare to you today the thing that we need to do right now on this resurrection day is we need to remember what Jesus has said. Are you hearing me? And you say, why is that? Because Jesus has great plans. 
Jesus has a great purpose. Jesus has an answer for your problem. He has a solution for your situation. He has exactly what you need because he is, in fact, the resurrection and the life. And here's the thing about this day. This day represents the standard of power in the New, in the New Testament church. The resurrection is the miracle of miracles. <clears throat> it is the standard. It gets better than that. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. He says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Church, you need to pray that every day. God, that my eyes would be opened, that I would be enlightened to what? The truth of your word, of what you've said. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And listen, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Church, we are seated with him. Can you say amen? And he says, I've, and I have worked this power in your life. That word toward, he says, his exceeding great power towards us who believe. It literally means in and through. Do you understand the power that raised Jesus from the dead? Resurrection power is working in and through you. That's what he said. That's not what I said. That is the power that is at work in your life. That's what's working. And I wonder sometimes, why is it that we don't see more miracles? Why don't we see more of this going on? Why don't we see the, what, what God really wants, what he promises? And I believe there's many reasons, but one of the, 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 the primary reasons, I believe, is because we're too distracted. <laughs> because we get caught up in too many things. We give too much credence to other voices. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil will come and he will sow a thought. And we take that thought and we make it our own. We begin to believe the lie and we empower the lie. And by empowering the liar, the lie, we empower the liar. And then he takes that power that he does not have. He has the only power the devil has is what he can steal from you and I. And he takes that power and he siphons it off and then he turns it back on us. And what happens is we get so distracted, we get so alloyed, we get so mixed up with other things. It's, if you know anything about electricity, electrical cir circuit, you know that sometimes <coughs> electrical circuits can have what are called shorts in them. Uh, 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 there, there's a dead short in it. And sometimes the power will flow a little bit past where the short is. But usually what happens is electricity takes the path of least resistance. It flows where it's the easiest to go to. And what it does is it gets siphoned off in another direction. And so often we believe these things and we get caught up in these things and all of a sudden what happens is power is getting put over into other areas. And you know what a dead short will do? Is it will generate heat. You say, what's the point of that? All of the power flowing through the line then is going to produce heat that has no usefulness. And then the purpose of the power is gone. It's the same in us. 
We get caught up in this. We get caught up. Look at, I, I believe we ought to work a job. How many believe that? Raise your hand if you believe we ought to work a job. Not J-O-B, Job, J-O-B, job. We ought to work a job. I believe we ought to pay our bills. I believe we ought to be good to our neighbors. I believe we ought to go on vacation from time to time. I believe we ought to enjoy life. I believe we ought to have time with our kids. I believe we ought to have time with our husband or our wife. I believe we ought to share life with people. I believe all those things, but if any of those things get in front of God, what you're going to do is create a lot of heat and have no power. See, God can't be just a slice of the pie. God's either the pie or he ain't anything. And I know there's people that will look at me and they'll say, oh, well, you know, sometimes he's just happy being the slice. No, he's not. He's not happy being a slice. He wants to be the pie. He don't mind you having a slice of the pie, but he's the pie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And sometimes what happens is we get so caught up in other things and this power that is towards us or in us and through us, all of a sudden what happens is getting siphoned off. Listen, church, you are a container of resurrection power. Within you is the living God. And this day that we celebrate, this day marks the moment that that power became a reality for every man, woman, and child that would believe on him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, the resurrection, church, is in a part of my theology. The resurrection this morning is a person that lives in me. Are you hearing me? Resurrection power is not my theology. Resurrection is a person named Jesus. Jason, Jason and the worship team can come. I want you to think about this for a moment. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? They had a brother by the name of Lazarus, and for whatever reason, Lazarus got sick and died. And what seemed like deliberate delaying, Jesus was late to the party. Amen. He didn't even make the funeral. Lazarus died. They had the funeral. They buried him, and they closed the tomb. And lo and behold, Jesus shows up. And Martha, out of her passion and love for her brother and her passion and love for Jesus, runs to him as she sees him coming down the road. And what seems to be like an accusation, she kind of accuses him. Said, if you would have been here, if you would have gotten here on time, He wouldn't have died. Now, I don't think she was accusing him because she was mad. I think she was just like we are. She was hurt. She was wounded. She lost her brother. She loved him. And she knew Jesus had the ability to deal with it. She had seen the sick get healed before. She'd seen blind eyes, deaf ears. She'd seen people, leprosy, fall off and, and, and be completely whole. She had seen that many times. But this time, her brother, now it's happening to her. And her brother dies. This isn't supposed to happen this way. We're, we're friends of Jesus. Jesus, he comes to our house and eats lunch. I mean, that's, when you talk about getting in a game that's pretty, you know, dropping names, who'd you have for lunch today? Oh, we had the Son of God. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's, that's in a, a list all its own, you know what I'm saying? 
I mean, this is who those people are. Jesus often would go to Mary and Martha's house and Lazarus would be there. He knew them. He was friends with them. He loved them. He cared about them. They followed him. They, they were part of his entourage. He, he, he was important to them. But now it seems like Jesus delayed. Has it ever been time where Jesus seemed like he delayed in your life? I don't know about you, but there's some stuff that I've been waiting on a long time. And there's a whole other sermon called God's Waiting Room, and we'll do that another day. But the point is, is that Jesus looks at Martha, and and he says, if you only knew who I was, you wouldn't be saying this to me. He said, because I am the resurrection and the life. Those were the words the angel wanted her to remember. Those were the words. See, and those words weren't said to Martha and then written down in a book so that you could read a good story. Those words were spoken to you. Jesus is still saying to you and to me, I'm the resurrection and the life. See, I don't don't know if your plans have been disrupted. Mary and Martha's plans got disrupted. I don't know, maybe your situation, maybe your marriage went sideways. Maybe, maybe you have children here today that have, have backslid and gone wayward. Or, or maybe you have uh, relatives that have just never given their life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're sick in your body. Maybe, maybe here, you're here and you need finances or something in your life that's going to change you. And, you. and you're like, man, this isn't what I planned for. I, I did not think this through. I, I, this isn't what I had dreamed of. This isn't my dream. Well, that, that, that reality is a lot in the Bible. There was a lot of people in the Bible that their plans didn't come out the way they wanted. And usually it doesn't. Life is kind of like that. Life doesn't always work the way we want it. And we're usually gen, uh, uh, genuinely surprised when life, it's like, oh, wow, that happened. Look at there. But there was another day, and I want to remind you of this just for a moment, just to make the intensity. There was another day, another resurrection day. It's all found all the way back. You've heard me talk about it in Ezekiel 37. When God took the prophet into the valley of dry bones, and he goes into this place, and, 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 and something had happened. You know, we get the idea that this may have been a cemetery, but it wasn't a cemetery because the bodies were scattered and the bones were scattered. And the Bible says they were very dry. More than likely, what it was was a battlefield. It was a place where a a horrible battle had waged. And many people died that day. I am certain today if I were to go through every person, and if you were to speak honestly to me, you all have at least one battlefield where the enemy has come in and he's laid waste to your dreams and your hopes, your faith, your confidence, your security. And where this battle has waged and and now everything that you had hoped for is lying dead on the ground. And, And to make matters worse, then time comes in and life comes in and like a ravenous wolf, it begins to eat the meat of your dream away. It strips you of anything that's vital. And then, and then time sets in and the, the sun 
begins to beat upon the bones and they get scattered and they get dry and there is no hope left. None. That was where Martha was. She says, Jesus, what are you talking about? He's in the grave and by this time he stinks. He's rotting in the grave. For the prophet, for Ezekiel, God says, can these bones live? And the prophet does what he only can do. Only you know, God. I, I am not qualified to answer that question. And then God does something remarkable. Just like Jesus, he does something remarkable. He says, remember what I say and speak it to them. Prophesy. You know, church, I, I, I'm not... I'm not trying to be spooky or, or weird, but you know, maybe what you should do, if you have a wayward child, get a picture and just say, you know what, Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life in my child's life. Amen. Maybe you've had a diagnosis. Get that diagnosis and say, you know what, Jesus, you're the resurrection and the life in my life. Maybe you have a bill that you can't afford to pay. Say, you know what, Jesus, you're the resurrection and the life. I, I remember what you said. And I'm going to say what you said to my situation. So I say right now, as an act of faith, you, uh, to you, all of you, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And you know what? I'll leave it go and I'll be a little weirder. That's okay. You could go ahead, send, send me cards, emails, all that. That's fun. I speak to every empty chair. And I speak to you that he's the resurrection and the life. I don't know what you're going through, but I know about this day is that this day changes everything. 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 Because he's the resurrection and the life. Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you are our resurrection, that you are our life. And Father, right now, we just pray that your hand would be upon this congregation. And I wonder today, right now, every, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here and you say, you know what? I don't know Jesus is my Savior. Maybe you're watching online and you say, I don't know Jesus is my Savior. If this is you today, this is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And so would you do with me a favor? If you want Jesus as your Savior, would you lift your hand up all across this place? Amen. I see those hands. Amen. I see those. Amen. Amen. And if you did this, if you're, if you're watching online, you just pray with us right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life in exchange for your life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and for rising again. In Jesus' name, amen. God is so good. We're going we're gonna to take communion, and we're going to celebrate because we're doing this in remembrance of him. Pastor Alex is going to come right now, and he's going to lead us in the communion service. God bless you. You can go ahead and begin to pass 
the, out the uh, cups. And as you, if you've never received communion here before, uh, if you are a born-again believer, that's the only requirement, is that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You'll see that there is a cup in a cup. The lower cup has the bread, the top cup has the juice. And so if you'll just take those cups and hold them uh, while everyone is served and we'll <coughs> receive together. <clears throat> I was uh, thinking about this service on Good Friday uh, Good Friday. I, you know, as a kid, I never did understand why they called it Good Friday because it was the day that Jesus uh, was suffered so and died on the cross. And in my kid mind, I thought it should be called Bad Friday. But I didn't understand then what I understand now. Uh, it was bad for him, but good for us. And uh, we are thankful to be on this side of that Good Friday, huh? It is a Good Friday. It's a good Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. He did rise again, didn't he? Some, uh, as I was thinking about today on Good Friday, I remembered the story of something that happened in a church I pastored uh, in the mid-'80s I pastored a church in Rancho Cucamonga, California. It was a great uh, move of God there, just tremendous church. But we had a lady in our church. She was on a limited income, and so she had gotten her uh, car payment together and went to the bank. And as she went to the teller of the bank to make her payment, she put her payment down. The teller uh, was doing what she does, you know, on the computer or whatever, pulling her account information up. And so as she looks, the, the teller's taking some time and she's getting, the lady's getting a little uncomfortable because she's not understanding why it's taking so, so much time. But, and finally the teller says, well, you don't owe anything. And so the lady uh, says, well, uh, you know, yeah, I." I really don't mean to argue with you, but I do owe. Uh, I've, st I've still got payments to make for this car. And so the teller said, well, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this account, it's been paid in full. And so she left and was uh, excited. It wasn't an, an error. Her, somebody had come in unbeknownst to her and had paid her car off. And she was pretty excited about it. When I think, think of today and what we're doing right now, communion, what this represents, the, the bread and the juice, you know what it represents? Paid in full. <laughs> Tell yourself, paid in full. The bread... Jesus, and let me just pause for a moment. The ushers have made their way through. If there's anyone that they have missed, you didn't get the cup. If you could hold your hand up where they could see it, everybody's been served. Okay. The bread, Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus took stripes when they beat him. He was, his body was striped. It was broken. Isaiah 
prophesied of this in Isaiah 53 and verse 5, and, and it says, by whose stripes we are healed. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, Peter is on the other side of the crucifixion, resurrection, the beatings, and on the other side, he uses this portion of Scripture and says, by whose stripes we were healed. Jesus paid the price, paid the price in full. Now tell yourself again, paid in full for our healing, for our physical healing, for our emotional healing, mental healing. And today, as we hold this bread, I understand that, that and I don't have all the answers that there are about healing, but I do know this, we can stand on the promises of God and if you've been prayed for uh, for years for healing, I want to encourage you this day again, dare to believe again. Because he paid the price in full. And we're going to believe God that as we receive the bread together, that healing is going to flow over troubled mind. I know that there are some here that you're going through some very difficult things in your life. Your mind's troubled. Your emotions may be frayed. Uh, there are those here that you need physical healing today. And as we receive the bread, we're going to receive it in faith. By his stripes, we were healed. And I just want to pray over the bread, and then we're going to receive it together and believe God for the power of God to flow and to bring healing. Can you say amen? Let's believe together. Lord, we come before you, and we do thank you, Jesus for paying the price for our healing. Thank you for allowing your body to be broken, that by your stripes we were healed. We praise you for it. And today we receive this token of your body that was broken, the bread, in faith believing for healing virtue to flow. And I speak healing over sick bodies, over troubled minds, over troubled emotions. Today, healing flow. Those that are viewing or listening online, healing flowing in the name of and by the stripes of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body which is broken for you. Let's receive together. After the bread, Jesus held the cup and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. There was an old covenant. The old covenant basically said, do this or die. The commandments, do this or die. You know what the new covenant says? It's Jesus saying, I died, now you live. Isn't that good? Oh, man, I've got a rush on that. <laughs> I died, you live. New covenant. I'm glad to be on this side of, of the covenant of God, aren't you? The new covenant. Tell yourself, new covenant. This is a new covenant in his blood. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of all our sins, not just a few, not even just the bad ones or the medium ones or everyone, every sin, all of our sins washed 
because Jesus shed his blood and his blood cleanses us. And so this morning we're going to receive the cup together just in a moment when I, after I finish praying. And as we do, I want you to receive it again in faith. There are those here that you carry some guilt and condemnation over stuff that you have done in your past. If you have asked Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, let me tell you something. You need not carry the burden and the weight of that condemnation. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And so today, as you hold that cup, as you receive the cup this morning, uh, allow your faith to reach out and grab that promise of God and say, I am forgiven. I want you to tell yourself, I'm forgiven. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? Let's pray over the cup and then receive together. Jesus, thank you for paying the price for our sins. We were without hope. We were without God and without hope, and you came and shed your blood so that we could be forgiven and reconciled, brought back into a relationship with God. We thank you for it. We praise you that all of our sins have been washed clean. Thank you, Jesus, uh, that as we are here in this place today, that we can have the full assurance uh, of forgiven sins because you shed your blood and the blood of Jesus is powerful. There is power in the blood of Jesus. I speak against condemnation. I speak against uh, that uh, guilt that just weighs uh, down hearts today. And I thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord, uh, for releasing us uh, from condemnation, from guilt that you paid the price for. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for your blood shed for the new covenant. You died we live. We praise you for it. We thank you for it. It's been paid for in full. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus took the cup and said, this is my cup, the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Let's receive together. Praise God. Now, would you do just one more thing, just real quick, and just put the cup beside you right there. And let's give the Lord a big clap offering. Would you just thank Him? Thank you for it, Lord. Praise you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want you to shout out, paid in full. Praise God. We're going to stand together and worship God with one song. And don't, don't be, this is not conclusion. It's almost conclusion, but not yet. So if you'd stand, we're gonna, the worship team's gonna lead us in a song. Then Pastor Poole is gonna come and finish his message. No, not sure. He's gonna come and, and just uh, close us out. Uh, and then the kids are gonna have their Easter egg hunt. It's gonna be a great thing. So would you worship and praise as, as we do?
touching our lives, for paying that price, God. We love you and we just glorify you. We ask, Lord, that you would go with us today. Lord, to our homes, God, wherever we end today, God, we pray that you would be with us, your hand upon us, God. And we thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. We're going to release you. Remember, we have an Easter egg hunt for all of the kids right now over at uh, Cecil Davis Park, right over here, just a block over. You can go over there right now, and they will tell you what to do. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.